Welcome back to episode 69 of the Block Runner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I am your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we bring you Kay, the creator of the Sugar Club in Decentraland and CryptoVoxels. Here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, we get the origin story of how Sugar Club got involved in Decentraland. Next, what it takes to make a sustainable experience in the metaverse. Then, we get an inside look of how Kay achieved the highest sales in MetaZone in 15 days. Finally, smart contracts and meta NFTs are the highest priority for creators. All right, let's listen in. So we brought you on today for lots of reasons. Uh, we've known you for, uh, I guess, a little while in the, in the text messages, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the roundtable, but a lot of us have been officially been meeting ourselves like face to face, I guess, via Zoom, at least for the first time, um, even though we've been texting each other for almost a year now. So it's been yeah. pretty cool. This roundtable has been going on for a while, right? It's, uh, yeah, we kind of started it a while back. We started with Frankie, man. It's like way before Decentraland launched. And, um, and then it, it sort of died down just because there was not a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But then once it launched, we were like, Hey, maybe we should just have like public conversations about like, you know, big topics in Decentraland. And uh, we just been consistent with it just because it's just good to talk to everybody on a weekly basis. So but yeah, yes, to start off, I think for me is like a a way to organize the whole communication because the whole idea behind Decentraland, right, is like a collective governance model. Yeah. So in order in order for that to happen, everyone has to at least start conversing with each other, right? So we figured, what's the best way to do that? Like we have a podcast platform, uh, so we just get people together and we just start bringing up important topics that the whole community needs to discuss, right? But now Frankie has like snowballed that idea. Yeah. And they like the version 2.0 where yeah. it's like, it, it's like in world live, live daily. With, yeah. It's a daily. So, yeah. but yeah, this he, is what we wanted to see, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really nice to see actually that uh, the, the com- community conversation has been, you know, kind of expanding out of discord. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and, and it's, it's nice to see, you know, like, uh, it's fairly recent because the launch has, you know, the launch was in, what in February? I think February twentieth. February twentieth. Yep. So it's not so long ago, and I just remember, you know, like beginning of the year, it was still pretty, pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we we had like a, a very interesting uh, new waves of uh, users, you know, since mm-hmm. the launch, mm-hmm. like right before the launch, uh, and now and now I see the Discord. You know, there's a, a, a lot more going on there. Uh, a lot more channels, uh, the wearables, you know, it's kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also remember kind of being one of the first to, to go in the market and buy stuff. You know, there was maybe two or three people buying uh, wearables in January or whenever it launched. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see that uh, the community is growing. You so, know, I, I've been uh, involved with Decentraland since the, the ICO. Oh, so really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was buying land for a friend. So yeah. 
wow. <laughs> because he, he couldn't figure out MetaMask and you know all, all the the whole Ethereum things. So, but he was really interested in investing. So I bought land for him, and uh, and then I think it was uh, so the, the eco was in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I started to really go into land. Uh, it was 2018, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so that's when I started to a little bit more attention to to what was going on with the platform uh it really took a long time yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of uh, land flipping and of course you know i i got to know a dcl blogger yeah uh, and i got excited uh, about the land market you know i invested started to flip land and so on but uh, it became, you know, uh, clear for me that uh, I, I wanted to create something, you know. So uh, that was that was one of the first ideas I had was to really make a club. But uh, at that time, there was really hardly any tools, very few developers. I think we had one hackathon, uh, one or I think one or two. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a very small, you know, uh, group of developers who were interested in developing, uh, you know, uh, kind of prototypes, uh, but you couldn't deploy anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and for me, the SDK and all of that was really, uh, it was really new for me. Like I'm not a coder. I don't have a background in gaming development. Right. I just had a cool idea. I, I was like, okay, I want to make a club, you know? So that was uh, my first, um, initiative you know i i wanted to bring something into into the on the map so it took me a while actually to to really get started uh to understand how to do it like the workflow for me took a really long time to understand Mm -hmm. i got a lot of help in the beginning uh, to develop the initial prototypes of uh of uh, sugar club so it's been a journey actually yeah (laughs) it's been quite a journey and in a way, it feels like it's just the beginnings. That's quite, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, wanted, could, I, I wanted to just know a little bit more about like your background personally, because I think you've done a really good job. I think you're the first one really who's built a, uh, a brand in Decentraland. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. do you have experience with building businesses or anything like that um, outside of Decentraland? Like nothing like this. So this is pretty new for me. Yeah. But, we do have a business, me and my wife in Amsterdam. We run an acupuncture clinic. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's completely unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my background uh, is uh, performing arts. So I used to be a professional dancer for many, many years. Uh, I've always been involved in the arts. Um, uh, I did um, an academy for visual arts when I was younger as well. Hmm. Uh, with image, uh, image and sound um, stuff so uh you know i've always had an interest in um in the digital space but uh, in design uh, mm-hmm. and and in music i really like music so it just sounded like a cool idea but i, I had no idea uh what it would mean to actually make a club you know mm-hmm. yeah so i really had to start from scratch so for me in the beginning was like okay so how do i use this sdk how can i you know, how, how can I build a prototype? And I was lucky enough around that time, uh, we had one of those hackathons uh, mm-hmm. and I yep. participated. And uh, I got help at that time from HP and CyberMike. So oh, cool. CyberMike was, you know, the, 
the Blender guru. So he helped me to to bring my designs, which I I made in SketchUp. Mm -hmm. I would kind of design on SketchUp, uh, the, the, kind of the main structure of the club, uh, and I would just throw ideas at him, and uh, and he would try to kind of implement it in Blender. You know, so this was uh, the workflow. Mm -hmm. HP was um, I don't know how to call him HP Privacos or HP yeah, yeah. yeah. just call HP. him HP <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was helping with the SDK you know so um, that's how we that's how we kind of uh, got the whole thing started you know so after that it became clear for me like financially it was just too much to pay Cyber Mike. Like it was just getting too expensive for me uh, with every little idea that I, I needed to be implemented for the club. Mm -hmm. I needed to pay somebody and this became like uh, financially unsustainable. So I, I really decided, okay, I need to learn the tools. Uh, I need to learn Blender and I need to learn the SDK and so on. So I just pushed through, you know, trying to learn it. And it's it's really uh, it's a big learning curve, you know. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I still consider myself an amateur. Uh, those tools are like <laughs> insanely mm -hmm. difficult for a non-coder, you yeah. know. So uh, I think I got the basics down, you know, on on how how to set up a basic scene uh, with the SDK. And I think this is a major achievement for me. I, I feel like my workflow is getting better in designing experiences for Sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just the fact that I didn't quit because for many, you know, uh, many times I, I, I was about to quit. It was just too difficult. I sure. was, I didn't have a team, uh, no coding experience. Uh, it was getting expensive and uh, I couldn't uh, feel, um, I couldn't feel uh, where it was going basically, you sure. know, I, I didn't have an idea whether it would be popular to have a, a club with that kind of brand. Uh, I just went with the sugar theme because uh, we used to have in Amsterdam a very famous club okay. that closed down. Uh, it was kind of a uh, it's called the Sugar Factory. Oh, uh, yeah. So it closed down. So I was like, "Yeah, sugar. Why not? You know, it sounds good." And then from from sugar, you know, all the associations of the neon, the pink, the purples. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I just loved it. You know, I, I just went for that. And it just became it became a brand, but it was not uh, it was not my intention uh, from the start to really build a brand with it. It just kind of uh, snowballed into into that, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's it's it's. Uh, I gotta commend you because being able to use the SDK without any coding experience is a big deal, and the fact that you were persistent enough to to learn the tools and actually deploy something. I mean, that's that's a quite an accomplishment uh, to say the least. So. Uh, you're you're doing a great job, just uh, you know, learning everything that you can and just like deploying something that, you know, on a weekly basis, like that's one of the more popular parcels in Decentraland right now, and uh, and because you built that brand, I mean, you're able to do all kinds of things, like submit something into MetaZone and that selling really well, um, mm -hmm. and so like we're we're thinking that, you know, with the stuff that we're doing, a lot of the people in Decentraland, like the OGs they can really monetize their reputation. And I think mm -hmm. that's really where things kind of like will start to snowball and, mm -hmm. uh, and then people will start making a, a name for themselves on, on the platform. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's interesting to see kind of the progression of everything. And 
the fact that you were around in like 2017 in the ICO, we knew about Decentraland, but we never really looked into it at that time. And we didn't get into it until maybe like around this time last year. Yeah. Before before Decentraland had even a beta. And yeah. once we got in and we talked to Maddie, you know, all the OGs, we talked to everybody. And yeah. th that's how re really we got in. And I, ha I happened to be lucky that my brother started his like development career in gaming, putting stuff on the Android market for apps. And so he knew a little bit about gaming. And then once he saw Decentraland, this was the first time he started putting games in 3D space. And so it was a little bit of a learning curve for him. But I yeah. think I think for everybody, you know, all this stuff has been a learning curve. Like if you look at Frankie, as consistent as he is now doing like his, his radio show in Decentraland, um, you know, this is like new for him too, right? Uh, it, it's just interesting how we've progressed so far. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is when you were building a sugar club, I yeah. guess at the time there wasn't a whole lot of, a whole lot of people like in Decentraland and you were just building just because I think you, like you were saying, you just wanted to build a club and yeah. I was just building the club. Yeah. But, uh, like, there was no, there was, there was uh, like no, there's nobody building stuff i mean there was maybe a few devs that were prototyping things and uh you know i think from from, from that time i don't know who is still developing probably yeah. carl and some of the districts yep. pushed through uh you know cyber but mike also, is still around cyber mike is also busy with the districts developing uh, experiences but so, um i'm curious know. i'm curious uh on february 20th uh, when it launched, you know, what did, what was your experience? What did you see when when everything launched? Did you see a lot of activity at the time on at the Sugar Club, or was it difficult in your eyes to like pull people in that direction? Uh, that was disaster in terms oh, really? of like the launch party because I was trying to get a launch party going, but everybody was in the treasure hunt. Yeah, yeah, uh, trying to get you know uh, free free stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> and then at the same time, they also launched uh, the servers, which really confused me. I didn't understand it. So probably people came to the club, but they were all in different instances. Sure, sure. So nobody, nobody came. I, I was used to the meetups before the launch. In beta, I was doing kind of a, I started in January, some weekly meetups at Sugar. But that was on one server, right? So uh, it was easy to gather everybody. And uh, I... I uh, I, I got uh, confused with the servers, mm -hmm. but then later on it became clear. Okay, this is kind of the structure they're going for. Now it's much clearer. Yeah. So, so for me the launch was, um, yeah, for sugar it was not great because I couldn't really have a party. You know, everybody was dispersed. Um, but then for me the, a very big turning point was the the Coin Fest. So there was this big event with Coin Fest. I was part of the agenda. And there was a huge turnout. I think we had That's around... Right. I remember that. At the peak, there was around 90 avatars, something like this, on probably two or three servers spread spread out. It was the first time I saw Sugar Club completely like packed of avatars. And for me, that was great. So it was really nice to see. Like Finally, like it just made sense for me. Uh, all you know, the, This whole year of developing the club, 
pushing through and then seeing all these people there listening to music was like great you know i was very happy about that yeah. nice yeah because i remember <laughs> at that time like uh, a lot of people were um going to your club because it was part of the itinerary and you received a lot of donations at that time so that's sort of like when it clicked for me it was like dude you know, this is actually sustainable. You just have to figure out ways to get people to the club. And then you can, other ways to monetize is like having, uh, you know, people showcase their art there. And then maybe eventually doing affiliate links and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of the monetization, it's, uh, it's very interesting because uh, obviously we are in in the beginning of, of this metaverse and uh, it's difficult to, I mean, in my opinion, uh, it just doesn't make sense to put a paywall on everything. Sure. From the start, you need to have a user base. You need to have really uh, a real interest, you know, before you, you can really start uh, asking for people to pay for certain experiences, especially like a club. So, uh, it was it was my intention from from the start to to have it free. You know, sure. I didn't want people to, to have to pay to enter into the club. It just didn't make any sense. Sure. I um, my my goal was to kind of to create a community, and I'm still busy with it. Uh, a kind of a fan club where people know Sugar Club. They they know that it's there. They can go and party there. Uh, and. And I set up the, the donation uh, button, the, the donation function, because uh, that was one of the ways that I thought would, would work, right? Sure. To get a bit of donations on the side. Now with MetaZone, you know, and building the Sugar Gallery mm -hmm. and, uh, and some other metas on, on MetaZone, uh, it became clear for me that um, expecting the donations of sugar club to be my main financial rewards with this whole thing uh, is is not worth it you know for me i would prefer to keep the club as a kind of sandbox um project where i have a lot of freedom and i don't feel the pressure to really monetize it you mm -hmm. know uh, so so that the the freedom of building and expanding the building experimenting with with different versions of sugar club uh, uh, I think it's more interesting for me. So one of the questions I had for you is when you were first getting into Decentraland was, you know, when you get land in Decentraland, you got to buy it. And then, uh, then you have to speculate on whether, you know, it's actually a good location or, you know, at the time we didn't know whether or not people were going to fly. Right. And then we didn't know, uh, whether roadside parcels were actually going to be that valuable, especially if you could teleport. So there was a yeah. lot of weird things kind of on the speculation side of land. Did you yeah. always like had the intention of building something in Decentraland that was sustainable, like in terms of like monetization? Did you like always intend to monetize your creations? Um, you mean like with sugar? Yeah, yeah, with just a sugar club. Did you yeah, like the the, so the main creation? Was it intended to be built? to, you know, hopefully earn some income with the club? It was in the back of my mind, but I don't think it was the, the first impulse. Sure. You know, for me, the first impulse was really to, to create something, something awesome, something unique, something that I could really stand behind, you know? So that was like my first, uh, that was my goal. 
basically. But then after that, you know, uh, when I started to really put my own money into the project, I, it became clear that I needed to find a way for it to become sustainable. Right. Yeah. And and now it's becoming more clear as the platform is growing, and I see uh, uh, more clearly clearly the user base uh, growing and an interest for clubbing. Uh, for uh, uh, music venues in in the central land, I start to see the potential, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, in terms of a, a potential advertisement or having a gallery set up where I have a, a, ro a rotation of artists who want to display their art. So, but the, all of this comes with traffic, right? Mm -hmm. So before traffic, there was it was very difficult to understand what kind of. Mon uh, monetization you mm -hmm. know to to build because when you don't have traffic you, you just don't know yeah right what to build so i think we're still very early actually yeah no i totally agree and you know when it comes to monetization i mean we, we obviously think about this a lot and we always try to align the landowners the developers and then eventually the players because it's like a catch-22. You know, why are players going to come to Decentraland if there's really nothing to see or do, right? So if that's the case, if people agree, you know, they start with this assumption, then we have to go and attract developers. Well, then how do you attract the developers? Uh, you you provide some mechanism to fund their creations, right? That's that's sort of our mentality when building Metazone at the time. And yeah. of course, we were speculating too. We didn't know. We didn't know anything about how this could work or might work or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but we figured that if we align the two incentives, that we could at least get stuff built into Centraland. So, yeah. so once we made it easy for developers to kind of like build stuff and then sell stuff and then and then most importantly, have people just deploy stuff in a few clicks, then we we saw that. It makes more sense not to create only unique experiences, but provide unique experiences for others to deploy. And I think Iman would agree here is like one of our biggest surprises about what we're doing is we thought that they were just going to be like being placed on land, like metas would just be placed on land. And then, you know, that's pretty much it. But what, what's actually happening is that people are buying like the sugar gallery and like completely customizing it, right? They're they're changing the name from Sugar Gallery to Indigo Gallery, right? And Open yep. NFT Gallery. And but this is what you want. You want them to to build their own following. You want them to build their own experiences within Decentraland. And yep. you know, having your reputation, I think, helped a lot in terms of like selling your stuff. I think so. And but that was that was uh, you know I, I told you I cannot get. I mean, it's nice to, to see the sales, uh, but I'm a bit careful at taking the whole credit on, on like being like the highest seller. Uh, I think it was, it was a, a few things. First, I, I think it was timing. I had a good timing and I saw a hole in the market because I saw uh, the creations on Metazone. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the houses of uh, mm -hmm. Planet VR, mm -hmm. which did very well. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there was, like you said, there was a lack of creators and there was very, very little uh, inventory mm -hmm. in terms of metas. So I knew that the gallery would be popular, especially if uh, the gallery would be, you know, behind the brand of Sugar. So that's what I went for. And it ended up being, you know, a good move. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Go ahead, Ayman. Uh No, I was just... <clears throat> 
kind of agreeing with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I'm curious if you have any other perspectives in mind since, since you're, you're so in tune uh, with what Metazone uh, intentions are and you're, you're, you're pretty much you're able to identify these gaps in the market. Do you see any other opportunities as far as what's uh, not being fulfilled on the uh, supply side from our creators? Yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, you know, you, you guys just sent a newsletter uh, like a day ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. About the explosion of the creators. Uh, uh, some, so I, I do see a lot more creations coming and it's really nice to see. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I still think it's a tiny market. So I, I it would be really nice to actually get an idea of... Uh, uh, you know who is using, who is buying, who is buying all these metas, and uh, and what's yes. what's the actual um, land use? So how many how many lands are will be or are dedicated to 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 the ecosystem? Because um, for for me, my question mark is: of course, we can keep on creating metas, but we have to see like a growing user base sure. uh, that would be interested in buying them and 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 deploying them on land. It has to kind of make sense. I think it made a lot of sense with your games. So you guys created a bunch of games yep. that became super popular, and you also had a very clear uh, design framework. Mm -hmm. You know, with uh, with the neon, the transparency, uh, and and it's very modular. You can kind of build as blocks. Yep. So, I think this definitely like building more games uh, because my impression is that uh, the majority of the the decentraland community is based around gaming. So, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of gamers or uh, people who are interested in gaming and. Uh, maybe more than the art market. Sure. Mm. Compared with crypto voxels, which is just full of galleries and full of artists, mm -hmm. uh, this is yet to be seen in the central land. You know, uh, the migration of the artists in in the central land. I have so, a question on crypto voxels. I think you've you probably spent way more time in there than we have. What's what's the main monetization strategy for a gallery in crypto voxels? I think we sort of had a chat about this in discord but uh yeah. i i just want to hear like you know why why crypto voxels why art there you know there's got to be something that a lot is is aligned with the landowners and monetization right it has to be something like that so, so what, what are your thoughts my thoughts uh, i mean for me it's pretty clear that um first of all i i didn't use crypto voxels for a long time i think i i, I bought land like uh, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. Okay. Because I was really looking for a location to expand sugar in crypto voxels. I really wanted to have a place there. So it took me a while to find a good spot. And I was happy to find uh, uh, actually a great spot by the beach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you know the map of crypto voxels, but it's actually like a big, it's a big square. Mm-hmm. Uh, Origin City is a big square. Uh, I don't know the actual size of it, but I would say that it's it's like the size of a big district. So maybe the, the uh, like maybe Vegas or something like this. Okay. So, um, sorry, what was the question? I got lost a bit. So the question is, how do? Oh yeah, the monetization. monetization yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, it became. Uh, 
super clear that what's happening in CryptoVoxels that makes it very easy uh, for, for people to kind of set up their galleries is uh, the way you build, because you can build directly from being logged in. So when you log in, you can just edit your parcel. Sure. So, and, and that's just, it, it, it makes it super easy to build. So okay. that's the first thing. So I think all the artists uh, just uh, figured, you know, this is super easy to set up a gallery. Mm -hmm. uh, the tools uh, for hyperlinking. So mm -hmm. you can hyperlink uh, in, in CryptoVoxels with just a few clicks, right? It's, it's very easy to use, pretty straightforward. Uh, it maybe takes, you know, a few hours of playing around with it. And then you can already build your, your gallery, you can link to your OpenSea store, uh, and you can also link with one another with, within the world. So the chat box is basically uh, it's a it's a it's a linking sure. box. So right? that brings so me to the next question. So you're saying that predominantly those who are setting up galleries are the artists themselves. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's really. Uh, I mean, it's, I would say that, I don't know, it feels like it's maybe more than 80% of what's going on there is really just gallery owners mm. or That's whales that bought a lot of land and are leasing it to, 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 to artists, you sure. know. That's interesting because I, you know, from like, um, if I were to sort of think through like the scenario i would imagine setting up a big gallery with all kinds of artists and then hyperlinking them to open so people can buy uh using affiliate links right mm -hmm. I, I think that would be very financially positive for the landowner who's hosting that i wouldn't have imagined artists themselves setting up their own shop you know just just to because because you're not i don't think you're taking advantage of like the network effect like sort of mm -hmm. like, for example, with MetaZone, like we all sort of support each other because if if the landowners are successful, we're successful. And mm -hmm. so I don't see that really happening in, in CryptoVoxels because everybody's setting up their own little, you know, box, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think there's there's more of an opportunity to take advantage of, especially with hyperlinking available. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, probably go a little bit bigger, showcase other art, right? Not just your own. There's probably there's probably some of that going on too. I'm oh, there, yeah, there is a lot of you know uh, there is a lot going on there, and also in terms of meetups. So there's you know uh, a lot of meetups going on. Uh, there is larger galleries that are basically curating content, and you have you know the the early adopters, some some of the early artists who really bought uh, land there and just set up shop. You know so. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you have the different kind of strata of, you know, uh, art activities, you, you, you could say it, you know, so, sure. but now you start to see, uh, you know, the music side, you know, so there is, um, there's another kind of club, the really cool club, uh, uh there, the crypto veneers, they've been around for a while. Uh, they design great experiences uh, and they're connected with the Austrian um, cultural you know uh, sector sure. so uh, so they they do really really nice parties there um, 
and yeah, for, for me, you know, I, I, I like to, it was very refreshing. Let's put it that way. For me, it was very refreshing to take a step back from, from Decentraland, dis discover uh, crypto voxels, build something there and uh, try to also gather a new crowd, you know. Mm -hmm. um, for, for me, it makes sense to kind of uh, expand a little bit out of this uh, Decentraland just to, to give me a, a bit more uh, creative freedom. Sure, sure. And yeah, um, I want to go back to one of your earlier statements that it would be helpful for creators to know how big or how many lands are actually being deployed or are deploying Metas. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so we do have some numbers on that, actually. So um, the the one number I don't have, I'll, I'll share and in, in, uh, I'll talk about in a second. But the number that we do have is we have roughly over 100 lands slash estates uh, deploying Metas. And so what that means, what that means is uh, a lot of a lot of uh, landowners, excuse me, have either one by ones or bigger than that. And so I don't know how many parcels are connected to these a hundred, uh, I guess, estates, but yeah. it's it's at least we're counting at least a hundred estates connected to Meta, to, to MetaZone. So, um, and so we've seen a lot of landowners deploy multiple metas and, and they buy multiple ones because they have multiple lands. Yeah. So, um, and that's, you know, we've been here since, you know, February 20th. I mean, obviously we built MetaZone way before that, but yeah. we launched just when um, the Central Land launched and in three months we've generated about a million uh, in revenue in mana. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and so the, the big deal about that is that Roughly, a little bit more than seventy percent goes to the creators, and so I think I think we found a way to sustain creation. But yeah. on top of that, it's 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 a way for like a community to really like leverage each other's like parcels and metas. Because one of the things that we want to do eventually is is gamify metas. So the more metas that you have, like the more functionality you get in in, in a particular game or or what have you. So it, it, it allows creators like for yourself, like you have almost a line of of metas, right? You have the sugar gallery and then you have the, the soda machine. So yeah. maybe if a landowner deploys these two, maybe they get, you know, some other f added functionality, you know, it could be anything. Um, yeah. And so once we make that available, you know, we'll be able to see like new, like new levels of creations um, that, end up being sustainable. So that's kind of how um, things have rolled out, actually. And a lot of the things that have changed in our eyes is, like, how people have used these metas, like, in, in ways that we can't really imagine. Like, I think one of your creations has, like, a, like a plant, a, a glowing plant. And then, yeah. and then somebody used it as, like, a, a light fixture upside down on a roof, right? So, so that's yeah, just... That's kind of cool because... Um, I mean that was not that was not intended first of all, but uh, but because because your metas have a, a really particular uh, code structure with the metadata, mm -hmm. which you know uh, took me a while to figure out. I'm still trying to figure it out. But sure. uh, what's interesting is that you have these objects you can move within your meta. and you can also change the sizes and yep. you can place it wherever you want. So. Uh, that creates a kind of a, an extra customization, right? So yep. where you, something that was not intended for a certain kind of use can be transformed into something else. 
Uh, and I think this is maybe uh, an added uh, functionality for meta creators to think about uh, different ways of, um, of, of creating a, a scene, yes. a, a scene which, which could be used in unintended ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so there, there, there is potential for, for exp exploration for sure. Yeah, there's a creator named Ebriel, and he just submitted a meta where it's like a building, but it's a modular building. So yeah, then, I saw that, yeah. then you can combine like the different pieces and build on top of each other and like make your own building with these pieces. Yeah. So I think I think that's that's sort of like a new way of thinking about like creating metas too, is like the modular aspect of it. And yeah. I think we could do a lot with the remote. I don't know if you've used it yet. I don't know if you've been able to deploy a meta, but each create each landowner who deploys a meta has access to a remote control within the game and then they can move metas around the game just by you know using the remote yeah. and that we can we can kind of make that an upgrade and potentially build a voxel editor a voxel builder within as a meta and so yeah. like creating voxel art and voxel builds and buildings you know with these cubes should be fairly straightforward um it's just somebody needs to build that meta right it, it's it's really comes down to that and that's that's really why we like decentraland a lot because pretty much anything is possible you just have to build it yeah yeah that's maybe one of the what one of the things that makes it awesome but also very difficult to to develop yeah because that's true. SDK, the sdk is it's very open-ended, you know, it's very daunting in the beginning. Uh, and even for, you know, for coders uh, who have been, you know, coding for a long time, it can be daunting to, yeah. to really build a, a, a game logic, right? So uh, there is definitely a lot of potential with it. What I would like to see is uh, uh, more tools and also to clarify the documentation, uh, even the main documentation on the central end sometimes it's just not clear enough yeah uh for for people like me you know who are trying to develop so uh to to to, to kind of clarify the documentation and and to build more tools or at least to have a bigger database of uh, code examples mm -hmm. so that you can just take a code work with it figure it out and then build on top of it just like modules right so you sure. you could kind of take codes and, and this is how I build my club, you know, just a bunch of codes from here, from there, and just testing and then incorporating because I, I didn't have uh, the, the ability to create code out of nothing. I sure. needed to, you know, yeah, take, take existing code and just yeah. use that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I go to the, to your club pretty often and I'm always surprised with how good the music is. How, where do you find this stuff? I like, I've, I've been exposed to a brand new genre that I didn't know that I liked. And like, I, I don't even know where to find more of it. The music. Yeah. So, uh, what well, it depends, you know, it comes from, uh, different sources. Uh, I try to be super careful with copyrights, you yeah. know? Uh, so actually recently, uh, I applied for, uh, a, you know, uh, what is it called? Like uh, a license, interactive, interactive uh, webcasting, which is a kind of like a small license for internet radio here in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. 
so that I can at least, you know, broadcast uh, without having uh, any legal issues. But it still limits me in terms of what I play. So I, you know, if I start to play the main, you know, uh, electro music that everybody knows, you know, I think I'm going to get into trouble unless I buy another license, which would allow me to play pretty much everything. So maybe I will, I, I will get this license, but I always wanted actually to kind of feature really specific subgenres of electronic music. Uh, first of all, because it's um, more easily accessible, you have uh, a lot more artists which are unsigned by labels, so you can kind of, uh, you know, you can you can, you can kind of use that music more easily because it's um, there's no commercial agreements. Um, like for example, what I was playing uh, yesterday at the at, yeah. At the- at the party, yeah. So my live stream consisted of uh, Tuhu, uh, so this Tuhu Japanese fandom. So uh, <laughs> this I also discovered recently from a friend from CryptoVoxels. Yeah, uh, he's really into uh, you know Japanese fandom type of music, and he gave me a whole playlist. This playlist is basically uh, apparently made by fans of a game, which is an anime really? game. Tuhu game uh, with Japanese anime characters. It's amazing. I love it. You know, so yeah. uh, I like to 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 find jars. You know, yeah. sub jars of music also in vaporwave or in synth uh, uh, synthwave uh, types of electronic music. Uh, there is a very interesting community of musicians uh, making great music, and it's it's maybe not mainstream, but I think it fits perfectly for Sugar Club. You know, yeah, so no, it's that. it's beautiful. Uh, that's that's like that's the main reason to go there is just to listen to that music because I I can't really find it anywhere else. So it's out there. You just gotta really, really, really dig deep for it. Like you said, it's not mainstream type of music. You know, it's but, really not mainstream, and I, in yeah. a way, I have to keep it that way. You know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, what would be cool is eventually uh, to invite uh, DJs to to play their own uh, DJ sets, you know, so then we can kind of incorporate, you know, drum and bass and techno mm. a little bit more like, uh, you know, uh, mainstream, ma- mainstream types of, of, of electronic music. Mm. Um, but when I make events, you know, I try to find something special uh, and, and just kind of keep it keep it real in a way you know yeah so we need uh, we definitely need those emote feedbacks because i don't know if you were there during the london underground uh live uh concert i Uh, missed it yeah it's it was it was really good it was like acoustic music it was it was really nice uh but what was interesting is that once they were done with their song it was just like silence and like it, it it was hard to like convey you know that we enjoyed the music other than like either texting or just like doing that little dance uh, and so like there's that's one of the things that you know for like feedback that's really important hopefully they bring that in because i saw i saw a new emote of somebody clapping uh like an avatar clapping yeah and i think that should be coming in soon and i heard that new emotes are going to be coming on on a weekly basis so yeah i think that's going to yeah, be yeah that, that should help but i think it should be something a little more intuitive than just that just you know what we're used to like thumbs oh, up and sure. likes, you know what I mean, and hearts. Yeah, that's a little more, like, uh, more from a yeah user friendly, I guess. Yeah, 
especially somebody who's not like a regular on the platform so that they yeah. might not appreciate like uh avatar mo- emotes as much as us yeah you know what i mean so yeah i would think either like a, a creator of a concert venue incorporate that type of uh you know feedback mechanism where you're literally clicking on a button just yeah. to sh- send love to the, the performers yeah or maybe it's a meta itself that you could purchase off of metazone and put into your venue i'm not sure oh I mean, dude, it, that's it a good be, idea it should be as easy as just like a heads-up display right a custom yeah. heads-up display then you just click the like button and then like a little heart appears above your avatar something like that dude that's yeah that's you could easily do that as a matter of fact yeah i think a lot of people would appreciate that but th- like you said the london underground event was a big eye-opener for me personally as far as how far the music industry is like struggling right now in the coronavirus era. There's no such thing as concerts anymore. So yeah. and comedians, you know, any kind of performer, right? They're all desperate for venues right now. So there's there's a big there's a big there's a really a big uh, opportunity in terms yeah. of uh, of using VR and the metaverse and you know 3D environments to to have those concerts. Yeah. And it's been it's been actually happening, you know. A lot of DJs uh, started to 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 have their concerts on the Beatport and all of these different kinds of DJ platforms, uh, and it's been super popular, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're making good money, at least uh, the, the bigger DJs. So if we could bring uh, this DJ crowd and have those kinds of events, yeah. and mu- music festivals in the Central Land would be awesome. Would be great, you know. I, I can't wait for Sugar to be part of an ecosystem of clubbing, you know. Um, in that in that in that scenario, would you be would the business model have to shift more to kind of like encourage more musicians to kind of like onboard, right? So because you would have to compensate them, I'm assuming, in order for them to come back. So you would probably have to charge an entry, I'm assuming, in that kind of scenario, don't you think? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe right? Maybe or I. I would try to. I, I don't know yet how how I would do it. Yeah. I'm kind of like resistant uh, yeah. in putting a paywall on 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 an event, you know. But um, I guess it will happen uh, at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it will happen. I, yeah. I was I was in talks with uh, Laustrum because uh, I was just playing around with the idea of the NFT, the utility of an NFT as a membership type of token. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very interesting idea, um, you know, having a VIP type of uh, membership. But this requires a more complex code, and I'm already struggling so much yeah. with the basic code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just saw that today they just announced the creators fund. So it looks like we're going to have some kind of funding mm. for uh, content creators. And that's going to come from the foundation, the Central End Foundation. I, I, that's great. I, I yeah. So I think before the DAO gets set up, they're going to allow people, or they're going to start issuing grants to projects. Yeah. And um, and and this will be governed after the the DAO gets set up. This will be set up through the DAO. But for now, it's going to be through a committee that sort of allows certain projects to get you know either one thousand to three thousand dollars on a monthly basis. And I think it caps out for six months, uh, depending on like making progress. So you're not guaranteed six months of funding. Instead, yeah. if you show progress for the next six months and yeah, you'll, you'll get that funding. But um, so, yeah, I totally agree. I think that 
the, is sort of like a game changer for a lot of these experiences because, you know, as you know, developing is hard. And then yeah. if you're paying somebody to develop, it's very expensive. Yeah. And so that's that's like our main premise is like this has to be sustainable. Otherwise, you know, Decentraland is going to remain green, either green or like with builder stuff. And yeah. I think everybody knows how I feel about that, right? So <laughs> I I uh, I do – I want to ask you, where do you think Decentraland is going to go, though? Is it – what's like what, – what are the main – like when you tell somebody about Decentraland, what are the things that you say – that you know they're going to be able to experience in in Decentraland. I really hope that it becomes a really a social platform. You know, there was this whole discussion in Discord actually many times about what it is, what what it is not, and so on. Uh, I think some people see it more as a game, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not very clear what what you would define as a game. You know, uh, in in terms of you know. Um, a metaverse with 90,000 pieces of land and potentially, uh, you know, thousands of different types of experiences uh, that, that you could have on, on each of these different types of lands uh, and ecosystems within ecosystems like MetaZone being its own ecosystem within the central land. So I imagine that maybe it, it will become, you know, uh, that type of you know kind of um different types of ecosystems living yeah. next to each other so uh some gaming environments um it's actually it's difficult to say you know because uh we don't really know i mean we have an idea of you know some of the some of the things on the roadmap I think sure. hyperlinking hyper and uh, some of the social features are going to really change the user's experience. Uh, and so that's why it's really difficult also to predict the, 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 what avatars will use the central land for because uh, it can surprise us, mm -hmm. actually. You know, we might have an idea of what, it, what, it, what it's built for, but it might go in a completely unexpected direction as well. Yeah, I like the surprise aspect of Decentraland. Like, I couldn't have predicted something like the Infinity Engine running within Decentraland, right? There's there's no way I could have predicted that. And but somebody built it and it works and it like works great, right? It's not it's not like one of these like you know laggy, glitchy like experiences. Like it's functional. It works, you know. Yeah. And so if they can do something like the Infinity Engine, well, maybe you can add a physics engine to a parcel. Or, you know, maybe a parcel can enable a virtual reality headset, right, within that parcel. Uh, I mean, who knows? And I think that is sort of, that's what I tr tend to say to people about, you know, explaining what Decentraland is, is like pretty much anything you can build. That's that's essentially what, what Decentraland is. So yeah. I, I, I really like that aspect. <clears throat> um, I wanted to get back a little bit to some feedback on... MetaZone, as a creator uh, yourself, you know, what sort of things, like, do you need, like, from, like, a dashboard uh, standpoint, or what else would you want to have as a creator in MetaZone, other than, like, the metric stuff, which I totally agree? Oh, the metrics. Yeah, the metrics would be cool. Uh, I think we had a discussion the other day about having a little bit more... Um, 
coding examples, especially in using the metadata, because I think um, to make the metas interesting, you need to start scripting, right? Mm -hmm. You need to, to create some kind of logic that makes it more interesting than just uploading, you know, a 3D model. Sure. Uh, so having more coding uh, examples in the GitHub would help a lot okay. to get started. Uh, and uh, in in showcase actually showcasing what uh, what um, the 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 code can do, you know. So for example, um, uh, like how to use the text. Like if you want a user to use text into the scene, sure. how would they build a meta around just uh, having a text that can be updated by a user? A text template, okay. Uh, or same thing with images, same thing with like um, um, using the stream, audio stream. You know, it would be nice to have different types of metas, which are not only the cyber, sure. the cyber box. Sure. What is it called? Cyber? No. Cyber uh, jukebox. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So to have different types of uh, streaming metas, just because it's interesting to have, uh, you know, a TV set that you can you can turn on and uh, and and watch some videos or maybe some streams, audio streams. Or, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the thing. Is like uh, we we need more creators. Uh, I'm looking at the dashboard right now, and we have exactly 23 creators. Imagine that. Uh, Imagine we have 23 creators, and in less than three months, the 23 generated a million mana. Like that's that's insanity. Like, what if we had 46 creators? You know, you know how how much mana would that be? Like, how much mana would creators earn? You know, if there was like 46 creators, right? So, yeah. like it's it's early days. Like the cyber uh, video meta that we have, like that's just Corv's implementation of the video meta. You know, somebody else could implement a video meta on their own that looks like a TV or looks like something else, right? Yeah. Um, it's that's that's why you know this is open for everybody, right? Like, and like when you submitted your stuff, like your your creations like started you know selling like right as soon as you submitted it, right? Yeah. So there's there's still a huge opportunity, and <clears throat> we want to make sure we want to focus on like making it easy for creators to build stuff and. And like yeah. what you're talking about, like the code base and, and like giving examples, that's that's actually a big deal. We should be doing that. And we yeah. should be cleaning up our own documentation too. It's it's just like one of those things is like that you're you're never finished, right? You're never done with like documentation, you're never done like updating the site. Just yeah. like uh your sugar club, you're that's that's not a that's not a, a land that is finished, right? It's always gonna be updated. Yeah. So so yeah, this it's like a huge like one of those things is like you have to make this sustainable. Otherwise, you know, it's just not, it's not going to last. And, and then you did all this for, for nothing. Right. Yeah. I think it's a very good point. I think if you really want to, uh, to bring uh, more creators, you have to make it easy to, for yeah. them to, to start using the code structure. Uh, it, you know, it's it's difficult, you know, because you have to first understand the SDK, then you have to understand uh, your your kind of uh, metadata structure, which is a little bit uh, tricky at first. Sure. I didn't understand why there's two game TS files. I, I couldn't get it, you know, but the Corve explained uh, after some testing, I understood, okay, the metas are in one side of the project folder and then the metadata is, you know, uh, where 
basically the things get deployed sure. uh, and you know so that takes a little while to understand sure 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 uh, do you think we should have like a creator round table with Corv in it just kind of like hash out all these requests yeah, that's a good idea you know dude. I mean? yeah sounds like we're heading in that direction you know <laughs> that way we can get all the creators uh <laughs> thoughts out in the open you know what how to make it easier <clears throat> and directly propose this to uh to oscar yeah we I, can set that up yeah that's actually a really good idea but i, I totally agree with uh with k here i i think mm-hmm. if we make it easier then there's going to be a lot more stuff on on metazone and therefore a lot more stuff to deploy within decentraland um yeah. and one of the things that uh we're, we're going to be uh releasing a pretty big meta soon in collaboration with a, a company and this is going to showcase something something that's not obvious about metazone and like from a developer standpoint it seems like you need to like depend on metazone a lot but really metazone is just a distribution platform it's it's literally an app store once you download the app you, you don't go back to the app store unless you're looking for another app right um, yep. And so what I'm talking about here is like metas can be using, you know, servers not hosted at MetaZone, right? Um, metas could be connected to some other platform and, and do some other service that we can't provide because it's not our thing, right? We just yep. distribute somebody else's thing on a land in a few clicks. Like that's that's really our main purpose. And yep. so this, this new meta will really make it a little bit more clear to people like you that maybe you can stand up your own server to do something specific with uh, your galleries, right? Maybe, you know, that's something that you would want to do eventually. <clears throat> but um, but I think we'll get there. And, you know, one of the things I, I always like to kind of think about with, like, all these creators is that if we're not here building stuff, it's the progress in Decentraland is going to be as slow as the community. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. the best thing we can do is like just make stuff easy, and yeah. you know, Decentraland gets that feedback too, right? They get they get a lot of people telling them it's like it's too complicated to to understand like some of the files and all that stuff. So, you know, yeah. it's pretty standard, you know, for any company really. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think we've been uh, together for almost uh, about an hour. Um, I wanted to ask you, are you thinking of uploading some more uh, Sugar Club line for Metas? Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm kind of figuring out, you know, um, what to build, what not to build. Uh, you know, we, you, know you, you, you mentioned to me that I should uh, make Sugar Club into a Meta. I really put a lot of thought into it because it's a it's a big build uh, and I really need to clean up the code uh, mm-hmm. just to really streamline the code to make it more efficient as a normal uh, Decentraland build. Sure. And uh, I for think, me... So, so let me clarify that. I, I think uh, that suggestion had like a little bit of a caveat. <clears throat> so yeah. it's, it's not about making the Sugar Club a meta for others to deploy. It's more about... Uh, making it easier for you to build stuff or use other people's creations within your sugar club. It just depends if you wanted to do that. Like that would be one way to do it. But I think keeping sugar club unique and having you do the SDK and deploy your own stuff, I think it should stay that way to be honest. But unless you have another idea, you know, yeah, I'm still very much debating. I think uh, probably sugar club as it stands 
uh, needs to be updated. I have, you know, in the back of my mind, really uh, um, the the goal of actually making a version uh, 2.0 or 3.0 sure. of Sugar Club to really just rebuild the the mainframe, the sure. VIP upstairs, and so on. So that's going to take a while. Uh, but in terms of metas, I, I do want to create um, some specific metas. Uh, some people ask for it, uh, you know, when they got the sugar gallery, they want to party, they want to maybe, you know, throw a party at the galleries or uh, so uh, I, I want, I don't know if I should say it, you know, yeah. it's a nice surprise to know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it will definitely have to do with parties. So. Okay. Uh, uh, some some small metas which incorporate animation and that could be cool to to put on land so that you can have a, a nice party experience. No, I I that totally agree. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree. You know, uh, I I so Cyber Mike just recently joined the Discord and yeah. when we when Iman and I were first discovered uh, Decentraland, we you know did our research. We found a YouTube video of Cyber Mike's strip club. And we we're like, oh, this is definitely a place we need to spend some time, right? <laughs> and um, so now that he's in, I mean, you, you could really think outside the box here. Like he could submit a um, a stripper that is a donation, right? You click on her to donate, and then she does like some kind of animation, right? Um, so like that, those are the things that I like to kind of think out of, outside the box because you can really do anything. And so creating like a party meta like that that's a great idea because you don't know how people are going to use it and then we really don't know how you're going to like manifest something you know interesting like that so like it's it's really up to the creator to kind of think through you know all this like stuff and how it's going to be deployed and how people are going to use it so yeah. this is like the the fun part i think about decentraland now is kind of like seeing what people come up with you know yeah and another point for me that uh, i i need to kind of uh, kind of be careful about is the amount of minting that you, that we do mm-hmm. uh, with the metas because it's uh, I think it was a kind of an interesting experiment of minting thirty galleries. Uh, That's a good point. But I I think as we grow, you know, as the, the more and more creators come, we're going to have a lot of <laughs> metas coming online. Mm-hmm. With probably with a lot of inventory that eventually has a hard time to get sold, right? So it becomes it became clear for me after doing these two metas as a kind of test to see uh, the interest, sure, uh, to find the right the the kind of the right um, formula. Sure. So the right amount of minting, the right pricing, so that you know I get compensated for the work I put into it. But it's becoming clear that the minting has to be less. Yeah. So even coming from 30, 30 metas to 20, now I see people minting about 20, mm-hmm. to even eventually coming to 10 mints, to make it really exclusive and making sure that you get to sell them, right? So sure. if you sell uh, 10 metas, which are exclusive, then it's up to you to create another 10, which, ha- which would have to be different yeah. in order to sell them. So I think this kind of market dynamic is going to kind of adjust itself as we get more and more uh, creators uh, building metas. That's a very good point. It's going to self-adjust itself because you can't expect, even for example, the the last galleries, the the sugar galleries, I think I have around 17 galleries that didn't sell. Sure. 
maybe they will not sell uh, right away or maybe they will never sell, but that's okay because I have, uh, I, I think I sold around 11 galleries. They're being used, Yep. you know, so uh, that was important for me. Here's what I, this is how I think about it. I think the fact that there's, let's say, 17 sugar galleries still up for purchase, it, it's really a reflection of the size of Decentraland, I think. And it's really a reflection of how many how many landowners are connected to um, MetaZone. Um, and so another thing I would like to add is there's going to be other experiences within MetaZone where players can start purchasing stuff because we can't have just a market of landowners, right? The, the landowners are buying these Metas because they intend to bring players, not landowners, to their land, right? So that's another thing to think about for you, for, for yourself too because – if we can provide some sort of experience, whatever it is to monetize the player, like that is is really something just to keep in the back of your mind because I, that's the, the volume of people in the world don't have land, right? So we have to cater to that volume as landowners. So that's just another thing to think about. Yeah. You know, it would be really actually a very good... Um in a way, a very good, uh, a very helpful tool for creators is if you guys could uh, share or at least open source uh, the the payment system that you have in your yes. games. Yes. Because uh, for me, I, I, I can't figure it out. So if I would want sure. to build Meta that, that has incorporated uh, a, a 10 mana to play, yep. Pay to play. I just don't know how to do it, right? Sure, so sure, sure. I totally agree. So let me explain what's going on with payments because that is a valid question and, and a, a valid concern for yourself. Uh, so we fully intended to make payments an open source thing that you just plug into any meta. Um, okay. So what we're trying to figure out now is with all these like creations being developed, there's we're starting to discover new monetization strategies that we didn't think of. Mm-hmm. And because there's stuff that we didn't think about, then we have to design our smart contract payment platform to incorporate these new monetization strategies that we didn't have before when we started designing this smart contract. Yep. And and so the question should be, you know, well, actually for crypto people, this shouldn't be a question, but the thought is the, the reason to use smart contract payments is that so creators, landowners, players don't have to trust MetaZone for their payments. Um, but before we, we get to that point, we, we can issue payments. So we've, we've issued payments to you and other creators and players and so forth. Uh, but it's more important that we figure out how to do the smart contract payments with the idea that there's going to be new monetization strategies that we haven't even seen yet, right? Because mm-hmm. we're still the early days. Um, so that's why it's taking a little longer. But the idea is as soon as you create a meta, you select... Uh, let's say you have a pot mechanic, right? And you have you've created a game, you submitted it, you literally click on pot mechanic, and then you've activated payments for your meta, right? That would be really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it should be it should be that easy. Um, yeah. and so that's that's where we're going. That's that's our path right now. It's just taking longer because we need to figure out ways to incorporate new stuff that we haven't thought of yet. Yeah. Um, as far as payments and the same thing goes for nfts like imagine that uh, your sugar galleries will be tradable on OpenSea, you know pretty soon um, yeah. to get to that point we need to get the smart contract payments first because those nfts use that smart contract for the donation button right that donate when somebody 
trades their sugar gallery from one person to another on OpenSea, that donation button has an address associated to it. That address should switch as soon as that NFT switches hands. That's a very good point, actually. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so, so once that happens, that needs to be built into the NFT smart contract. If, if, and that smart contract is calling the payment smart contract. No. So there's an order of operations that we're going through here, and that's why things are taking long. But if you think about it, we've been in this three months. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty reasonable so far. Do you, do you have a, like a time frame for, for the payment system? Uh, so we sort of do in, in a sense. Uh, the, the problem is we have a – Corv is the only developer in MetaZone, right? So yeah. what we're doing now is we're stacking priorities on top of each other as to like, okay, let's finish this first, then we can go on to the next one. So there's a lot of stuff on top of payments and NFTs that we need to like clear out first just because there's a lot of people depending on those things. And then once we get that cleared out, then it's like no more, no more of this other work that we're doing. And you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about pretty soon. Uh, this okay. thing's about to drop soon, but uh, no more of that stuff. Focus on the platform, which is the payments and the NFTs. And so, I mean, we should have that done relatively soon. I mean, yeah. it's just hard to say when. Yeah, we have like regular discussions about this pretty much daily. Yeah. Because <laughs> we recognize this. these are like the last couple of components to kind of like, you know, put the whole puzzle together, finish yeah. the product, you know? So, yeah, yeah it's definitely high priority. Um, we just have to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So and then maybe eventually you guys need another developer, right? Yeah. I, Cor, Cor, it seems like Corv has a lot on his hands. Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's the impression that I get, you know, and I, I you know, uh, I'm pretty active, uh, you know, asking him questions and stuff. And sometimes yeah. I, maybe I go a bit too far, but it's just because I want to figure it out. But I'm sure that uh, no, and, it must be, uh, must be overwhelming, you know, because you have, I don't know, like, the creators are growing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a more workload in um, setting everybody up, you know, uh, mm -hmm. testing the metas before deployment. So you make sure that, for example, um, the Sugar Gallery, you know, the 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 updates I pushed. I think it was it was today. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit buggy. So now Corv has to check that what what happened with the deployment, and so. You know, the workload is, is huge, actually, for him, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, developers are expensive. Corv is expensive. And yeah. he's expensive for lots of reasons, right? Because he knows what he's doing, first of all. But the other reason is he wants to limit, like, the the work that he gets. So he just keeps raising the price so that he just slows down the work. Um, and so you're absolutely right. We definitely need more help. Um, and so there, there's been some offers uh, within our Discord. So we're probably going to reach out to those people to get some help on, like, especially focusing on the platform, right? Payments and NFTs. Once yeah. we get that done, you know, uh, I think it's going to be pretty indispensable, you know, a tool for Decentraland uh, for creators, right? MetaZone is going to be. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a high priority for sure, especially getting help for, for Corv. He's like on a man on an island right now. He's like a machine. He goes to sleep like at 8 a.m. every morning. I know. <laughs> I mean, you need to keep your your developers healthy too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. for sure. That's so, an important point, man. You know, 
how, how, how what's the limits one man can go through as far as like punishment <laughs> to their body you know that's kind of like an experiment we're running right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see yeah yeah so yeah um so okay uh, i really appreciate you being here man um hopefully this kind of shines some light onto a, a little bit of the stuff that we're doing and uh, it, you know, it's commendable for, for like what you've done so far with Decentraland and your build and the fact that, you know, it literally you submitted your stuff roughly, let's say two weeks ago. And in two yeah. weeks you were able to generate roughly 40,000 in mana. Right. Yeah. So like the, I would, so, so tell me, like, give me some perspective. Is that uh, more than you've seen for, like from donations throughout your entire time in Decentraland? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So I, I, I saw the potential. I was like, okay, you know, let's just do it. Uh, and now it makes really a lot of sense for me because it just kind of helped me to put my project into perspective. Uh, Sugar Club as a club uh, is one thing, but another thing is for me, you know, just developing my skills as a developer, using the brand to build metas. Uh, just it's, it made sense for me to, to make that move. So I'm happy I, I made the move. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and as a top earner in MetaZone, like that's that's uh, saying a lot, especially this early on, because um, yeah, it, it's just helps the community, right? The fact that there are people who have purchased your Meta who are pushing your brand now, like that the the network effect of that capability is much greater than anybody can do by themselves. Yeah, I see that now. It just make a, makes a lot of sense because I see it also in Twitter, on social media. Yeah, Sugar Club is being talked about, so uh, it's nice to see. Yeah. It's really nice to see, that's for sure. Yeah, so our next job after this whole payment and NFT thing is finished is is kind of like making that, what, what you've built for yourself, stick for the long term, meaning like yeah. actually build a a representative of the reputation you built on the MetaZone platform. Meaning like we want people to know that you are the top creator, you know, through some, 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 some form of either rating mechanism or right. just. Yeah. Ranking just, or I don't oh, know. We don't want to make it like too competitive because it's not, it's not about that, but it's more about yeah. like aspirational. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, if he could do it, I could do it. You know, something like that helps, you know, other creators like be inspired to build stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And in for me, like being a top earner doesn't really mean anything to me. I mean, it's nice, but it's not something I strive for. Probably it's going to change in the future. You have amazing content creators that are going to come and just, you know, uh, sell a lot of metas, uh, which is great. You know, I, I think for me, what's important is finding a way to monetize my activities in Decentraland. MetaZone is offering, you know, this for, for, for me to continue developing and mm -hmm. seeing my builds deployed on other people's land is a joy for me. It's, yeah. it's really nice yeah. to see. Um, that's the most important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so we'll, we'll end it there. Um, that's a very uh, valuable thought for us. Uh, Kay, I really appreciate it. Sugar Club, that place is amazing. It keeps growing and there's always more. Every time I go, there's always more people there. That's like the most like amazing thing about what you've created. So thank you for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It was fun. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at TheBlockRunner. Yeah.